Hey everybody, welcome to Licked and Loaded. I'm Laura Desiree. And as you probably know, I'm based here in New York City, a place that is so densely packed with ambitious people, highly ambitious people, highly creative people. It's no wonder that I became very quickly connected with and very quickly friendly with an amazing photographer, an amazing creative, an incredible producer, a woman named Ellen Stagg. Now, together we've made some sensational art, which I know many of you have enjoyed, but we've also dreamed up a project that I'm executing here in New York City this November. And I have been having so much fun talking about it, preparing it, developing it. The project is called Red Umbrella Talk. And this is going to be a five-part talk series that takes all of those questions and all those curiosities and all of those mysteries that you, the general public, have about sex work, and it's going to get you the answers. That's right, you guys are actually gonna be the interviewer. I'm gonna sit there and just deliver your questions to active industry professionals today. We're gonna to be filming this entirely at the fabulous Museum of Sex here in New York, and we have an active Kickstarter campaign that's looking for your support in reaching our funding goal. So without further ado, joining me for today's chat is the incredible, my co-producer on Red Umbrella Talk, Ellen Stagg. Joining me on Licked and Loaded today, my goodness, it's pornographer, photographer, producer, podcaster, and my dear friend, Ellen Stagg. How are you? Great. Spinning all those plates and more. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. There's just so much that you do. And I mean, I've known about your name for so many years just from you know speaking with models in the industry or or getting in touch with porn folk and then talking about who they've worked with Ellen Stagg the name kept coming up kept coming up and so I'm so happy that within the last year you and I have not only gotten to work together and shoot some shit but also just get to know each other and kind of have a little love affair yes <laughs> and, and shorter than a year I, I'm like I've told a couple of our friends mutual friends and people that I've just like found out about you that how I was like, it's kind of crazy how I've connected with this person so quickly. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm yeah. very, very excited and happy about it. So, and we, we obviously, we've got some major announcements and uh, information to send along in this podcast, but I want to start by having all of our audience, listeners and viewers get to know all about Ellen Stagg. I mean, you are a legend in your own right. So would you give us, I guess, the, the description of the work you do in the adult industry? Um, I can go back to say that I've been a photographer since 1994, including studying. And even when I was in high school, I would dabble in a little bit of erotica, nothing hardcore because I was underage. Right. And my teacher always reminded me of that fact and, and said, hey, be careful, you're underage. Um, and when I finally got to college and then could dabble more because I was legal and it's art school, um, I always felt the most comfortable in erotica. But then at the end of my junior year of college, I got signed to a commercial agent, was doing stock photography, advertising, magazine work, lookbooks, whatever. 
And I kind of felt like I lost myself. And then in 2005, I met Justin Jolie, the lesbian queen of porn. And I didn't even really know her. I I didn't like this is 2005. So I could have Googled her, but like not, you know, it's not like Instagram is now you can find anybody and everything they do in two seconds. And so I didn't really know what I was getting into photographed her in my bedroom when I lived in Manhattan and totally fell in love with her. And she was like, you were great to work with. Let's you want to shoot some other girls. And so a couple months later, I ended up in LA shooting with Masumi Max and Joanna Jensen. And, and then it just like snowballed from there. And then I was like, Oh wait, I'm home. I'm home. This is where I want to be. This is where I'm the happiest. I felt like I gained so much confidence doing it. And I made so many and still have so many incredible friendships. Thanks to it. I, I, it's, there's nothing like collaborating, elevating Mm -hmm. and supporting sex workers for me. It's just, yeah, yeah, it's, and not every day is perfect. And that retouching is a pain in my tush, (laughs) but, but but, uh, overall I wouldn't choose anything else. Yeah. Uh, can we can we just hone in on you said when I made my way back to erotica, I felt home. So I'm curious, why? How do you know that it's erotica? That is just how you're wired. Why is that where you gravitate? Why is that your calling? I think I've just been a pervert since day one. And <laughs> didn't, you know, and didn't really know it until because I was photographing mainstream models and friends doing slight cute cute nude stuff but then they would say to me before I met Justine Jolie they would say to me oh can you not publish those pictures anywhere and I'm like you know this is my job like me not publishing my photos is like why am I doing this for free so you can just have pictures for your boyfriend to wank on um but yeah I just it just always felt comfortable and always felt like and, and as you and I have, we went through some of my erotica books and mm-hmm. inspiration on our, one of our shoots. And I just always have loved looking at erotica, loved looking at uh, anything in TV and movies that had something sexual to it. It just felt comfortable and natural. And so when other people have stigmas against it, it's just weird to me. I'm like, sex is kind of the most one of the most normal things human beings could do besides drinking water breathing air pooping (laughs) another one of your many passions (laughs) and i do i do want to touch on your podcast as well but uh just take me from those early days of photography to how you then landed this regular shooting relationship for publications like hustler Well, in the beginning, I was still shooting, like when I met Justine Jolie, I was still shooting for magazines and lookbooks and advertising. And I mean, I'm not saying that I wouldn't take those jobs now, but I guess there still is a double standard where people don't necessarily want to hire me, even though there's so many other famous photographers out there from Helmut Newton to um, Terry Richardson, who's not a good person. Um, and who have done both. So I don't understand what the stigma is. Mm. But um, in the beginning, I was still shooting a lot. But I also feel like at that time is when everything switched over a lot of the magazines, like teen people that I used to work for on a regular closed, a lot of magazines closed. Um, I shot for penthouse a couple of times when they were based in New York. And then I shot um, 
a TV show called uh, Badass for Playboy TV. There was a segment in that. I think I did about produced and starred in and photographed 17 segments for them. Um, And then when my book, my second book came out, More Dirty Girls, that's when my publicist, Brian Gross, who you and I both know. Love, love Brian. Yeah, adore him. (laughs) Uh, He introduced me to Hustler. They, I sent them one of my books and they were like, hey, we'd love to publish some of your pictures and do a feature on you. And I was like, yes. And then after that process, I, I wrote to them and I was like, hey, how do you feel about me shooting for you? And they were like, yeah, here's all here's all our guidelines. And the first shoot that I did on spec for them was the anniversary cover 2020. Mm. And to get a cover on my first try. An anniversary cover. Yeah. This and is not time- just. Yeah, Larry was still alive. He chose that picture. So yeah, it was beyond humbling, exciting. When I found out that I got it, Hustler also loves to be the one to announce things. They don't want photographers or models. And so I had to keep it under wraps for many months. <laughs> so yeah, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Gosh, I, I don't know if I'd be able to keep my mouth shut about that. I just get so, <laughs> I get so excited. And I am the daughter of a father who cannot help but spoil TV shows and movies and anything that is precious. He'll be like, he'll just lean into it and push it too far. And I'm like, you just spoiled it for me. So I, I, <laughs> I, I like to, uh, I like to get really excited about things. And uh, I, I am trying to get better at being a vault. Well, I have realized, especially in my commercial photography career, that you don't talk about anything until the check is cleared. That's right. So many times where I've been hired for a job and it has been pulled out underneath me and and, or something weird blows up. and, and, And I'm just like, I've learned from my mistakes and I've told all my assistants and interns and friends. I'm like, you don't say it until the check is cleared, until there's the picture is proofed out there. Yeah, that's when you announce. And there's so many times, like even on my first book, when I like told everybody, I finally have a book. They, everybody was like, wow, why didn't you tell me? And I'm like, right. because I don't want to tell anybody until it's happened. It's kind There's of no- badass. Yeah. When you just, it, it announces itself and then people come to you and you're like, oh yeah, that thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I did yeah. that. Did that. Oh, that thing. It's yeah, like yeah, better yeah. to have the proof versus right. like just the lore of this might happen. Cause I even have photographer friends of mine who are like, yeah, I was supposed to do a book with that publisher and they pulled it out for me last minute. And it's like, I don't, I don't want to all of a sudden then explain to everybody, where's your book? Oh yeah. They decided not to go. Exactly. With and isn't so. that, isn't it the saying actions speak louder than words? I mean, come on. There's yes. a reason why that one keeps coming up in our in our <laughs> existence. So exactly. Ellen, I'm, I'm, I'm so curious. Uh, I was thinking about this right before you accepted this Zoom call. Have there been any unique challenges being on this side of the business as a woman? Have you uh, experienced anything, whether it's with a client and a request, whether it's on set and shooting, or has any of this ever come up for you? I mean, there is always the sexism and sexism isn't just men being sexist against me I've had women be sexist against me and I don't think they even realize they're doing it I've had models and clients even be like oh it's so nice to finally 
talk, like shoot with a female photographer who's not crazy. And I'm like, oh my God, what are all these other women doing? <laughs> so I don't know. I haven't been on their shoots. Um, I, I also think there is this weird stigma of, I honestly truly believe in, even if you're a photographer who shoots only cars, you're in it to shoot naked ladies next to the cars. Yeah. So, and I think that the majority of photographers out there are men. There, of course, there are a lot of female photographers out there. Um, but I think that there's that stigma too, which I feel bad for the male photographers. And when there's traveling models, I have a handful of really wonderful male photographers. I suggest the traveling models also work with that I can vouch for and think that they're good people and have brilliant work. So I being on this side, like there's, there's all kinds of things that happens. I I mean, I could tell you, I have some recent drama where I was following this model on Instagram last night and I just DM'd her and it's like, I was like, Hey, I'm interested in shooting you. And she's like, Oh, just go to my link. There's like a booking form. So I, mm-hmm. I went through the booking form, but I don't think I filled it out. Right. Cause I was like, there's, I didn't get to explain what I wanted to shoot her for. And I just DM'd her. I was like, I think I filled it out. Right. But just a heads up, I'm asking for trade for content or maybe pitching you to one of hustlers magazines. And she wrote me back, I don't work for free. And I said, oh, okay, no problem. Mm. I, I'm like, thanks for getting back to me. Then another model friend of mine goes, hey, just a heads up. She's telling everybody how she feels dumb. Why does this keep happening to her? And she like screenshotted my DM and sent it to a bunch of other models. Like, I can't believe Ellen's asking me to do free work. Wow. <laughs> I'm kind of one of those people who's like, okay, I'm going to kill you with kindness. No shit. So I DM'd her back at this model and I said, hey, just a heads up. I don't think you're dumb. I think you're beautiful and amazing. And that's why I hit you up about photographing you. If you don't want to work for free, I totally understand. And you just have to say that. And I'm, I'm sorry if I upset you or insulted you in any which way. But I, I kind of do this as like, a, I'm going to lay it on thick that I am a nice person. And I even wrote to her, I'm a nice person. I'm very respected in the industry. I have hundreds of models who can vouch for me. Um, you can ask all of them. But, but and- you didn't take it to the crazy place where no. you're a crazy female photographer, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she came back like, who told you that I said that? Because I, I, I wrote with, I don't think you're dumb. To basically say, I, people are, people talk and it happened right. real, it happened within five minutes. And so I was like, I'm, it's a model friend of mine. And, and then long story short, she blocked me. Wow. <laughs> there needs to be uh, a, a better reception when someone says a very common industry term, I'm looking to do trade for content. It's trade for, con- I'm telling you upfront, I'm not going to, you know, stiff you somewhere in the middle of the shoot and say, PS, remember when I told you there might be payment? You never said that it's trade for content. And that's a very common thing in our business. We all have platforms to feed content to, yep. you know, why not, why not collaborate? Why not yeah. bring that to the table? So I think having that immediate reaction of someone wants me to work for free. No, no, no. This isn't a work for free. Both people are actively working in a trade for content situation here. Okay. We're both paying each other with content so we can make money from a third party. You know, that's it. That's it. Wow. But it was just, 
Also, I think there needs to be a way where maybe it's because she's was younger. And I even said, I've been in the business for 25 years. Like I have all, I've had a documentary done of me. I have books, I'm published. I have like a lot of people who can vouch for me, but there's gotta be a way where like, even if you're having a, a bad day and I've had plenty of bad days, mm. there's a nice way of just writing back and saying, no, thank you. I don't work for free. Yeah. A tiny bit of kindness goes a long way. But yeah. I felt defensive because I was like, I hope she's not texting this to a bunch of models and dragging my name through the mud because she screenshotted our DM. And I'm like, mm, yeah, no, I'm going to text kindness. Yeah, the, the screenshot alone. I mean, I just don't really see the argument there. I mean, you stated that it was a trade for content opportunity. It's either a yes or no. And it doesn't need to be become ammunition either way. You know, yeah. it's 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 a simple request. When if you look at the rest of our DMs, I'm just kind, 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 nice, nice, nice. And she was shooting me back. I don't have I don't have the time to argue with you. I don't want this drama in my life. And I'm like, I'm not giving you any drama. I'm so sorry to hear that she is on the defensive to such a degree that, you know, an inbox request from uh, a legitimate person would would spark this kind of reaction that that's yeah. cause for concern, quite honestly. Oh, yeah. And the model wow. who texts me the the screenshot and everything, she was just like, yeah, if, I would suggest don't work with her. She's done this to a bunch of people. She And I was like, well, I feel bad for her. Maybe she's just like, you know, people have taken advantage of her in the past. Hmm. But yeah, that's that's a lot of the times that's where that's the detail in the foundation of the human being, right? It's just like our experiences do have an Im impact on us and they shape yeah. us. They affect yeah. how we go forth in business and really any kind of dealing with another human being. So, you know, all but I can say, say is hysteria is historical. So her hysteria <laughs> to me might not have anything to do with me. It had to do something else in her past, you know? Right, right. But right. I just reached out with so much kindness, like laid it on thick <laughs> yeah because even if she takes my dms to use it against me in any capacity people could be like well it just sounds like she's being really nice to you mm. also it feels good to do that okay to handle <laughs> a situation to de-escalate a situation this entire world has an issue with de-escalation techniques right now so let's try and improve upon them and you know actively think about working in kindness where we yes. can yes oh my goodness and, and being in my 40s and, and being in the industry for so long, I kind of almost feel like it's my way of saying to these younger models, it's okay. To, you can just be kind back to people. Go, yeah. Burning bridges aren't going to take you very far. Yeah. Well, that was that was a wonderful uh, educating opportunity then, Ellen. Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo. Uh, you know, uh, you and I have one hell of a month ahead of us. We've got a oh, lot. Yes. We have so much coming up very quickly. And I'm sure anyone that follows either of us on our social media platforms, you have seen us talk about, post about, uh, rally on about this project that we are coming together to work on called Red Umbrella Talk. Ellen, I'm so fucking honored to have you a part of this with me. There's no way that this a, a project of this size would be possible. Uh, in executing that message and in executing exactly how we see it without you, without you. So well, thank I'm, you. I'm delighted. Yeah. I, I remember when you asked me about doing this, because this is your brainchild. 
It's um, your name, I, though. You gave it the name, Ellen. <laughs> That's the only weird thing that happens in my brain. Like, I'm dyslexic, and once in a while, my brain can do stuff with words, and I'm even surprised. I'm like, brain, you don't make sense. But um, you told me about the project, and I was in it from the second. You, I was like, yeah, cool, let's do it. Uh, the only thing I said it was like, let's pick a goal. I mm-hmm. need, I like... I don't like talking. I like an, a goal, an end date, a, a, a place for us to say, hey, let's at least try to accomplish it by this date. And maybe things will happen. But we are trying to accomplish it by in November. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone that is watching this, listening to this, obviously, I am going to spout and plaster the screen with all of the info for our Kickstarter because we are crowdfunding this project. Uh, But just to catch everyone up who may not know uh, about our Red Umbrella Talk series, this is it's going to be a five part talk series. And the idea here is to bring questions and curiosities from the general public about sex work to sex workers themselves. What we want to do is try and dispel all of those myths and all of those assumptions and a lot of those, let's just say unfair, incorrect, not fact-based narratives uh, that form all of your opinions out there. Ellen, you and I have both spent years and years uh, involved with and participating within the sex work community in many different realms. And I'm sure that you have your own experience talking with people outside of sex work and hearing just how incorrect their facts are, how uh, fictional their understanding is of this business. Yes. And trying to remove the stigma that it's work. I mean, just even with my own work uh, in the beginning, when I started photographing women in the adult industry, people would always say to me, well, are you a lesbian? Do you have sex with these women? And I'm like, why? What? No. Mm. I was like, I, if anything, we do the shoot and maybe grab a meal afterwards, but no. So even that stigma, like, because I think people want to live vicariously through what I'm doing, photographing women in the adult industry. And they're like, well, I mean, that's what, that's what I'd want to do. I'd want to sleep with them. And I'm like, yeah, no. I mean, sometimes I'm even shocked when I photograph somebody gorgeous like you, and then I go home and dump the card onto my hard drive and then look at the pictures. And I'm like, wow, these are really hot. Like I almost disassociate because I'm so concerned about lighting, composition, making sure the model feels comfortable that I for- almost like forget that I'm actually making hot content, you know, right. until I right. see the two dimensional object so yeah there's yeah yeah because it is work and the same thing I think with a lot of sex work like uh, I mean I'm very curious about questions from the general public but I've got questions of my own that I want to add in there from like well what do porn stars do when they get their periods or what how do doms like like I feel like domination there's so much work on just using your mind to like paint the picture that your client wants to do. Like I, I I have Dom friends that spend weeks, if not months trying to prepare for. Oh, I know. I know you think, you think the FBI has impressive interrogation (laughs) techniques. Wait until you meet a pro Dom. Like the, the, the incredible brilliance, the genius, the brain power that it's, it's, it's incredible. And I yeah. find myself just so fascinated by this work and just how 
real and human it is and how deep it can go, pun intended. Yes. Uh, so for me, you know, even, even a question uh, as perhaps entry level as what do you do on your period? This is the kind of shit that we want answered. This is the, these are the questions that I want the public to have the answers on so that they do understand these jobs within the industry of sex work, because there are so many professions within it, especially in today's day and age, you know, uh, online content creation is one of the newer ones. And uh, I don't, uh, uh, in this series in particular, we're just looking at uh, four of them. We're looking at uh, escorting, pornography, stripping and professional domination and each of those will be an isolated episode where we have two industry leaders people who are active in those professions today who are going to be answering the questions our fifth episode is one entirely about the legal system surrounding sex work in america so i'm I'm hoping that this gives people a very uh, a very digestible, understandable, clear idea of what these people, these workers are up against, but also the magic in their work, the pride in their work, the resilience in them as individuals and the support they have as a community within itself. Mm-hmm. That's that's yeah. the goal, I would say. Yeah, I completely agree with it. Everything you just said, and I'm—I mean, I'm excited about all five episodes, but the legal one is the one I'm the most excited about, just for even our sex work friends to learn from, because yeah. the legal hoops. There's so many things to jump through from state to state, and then federal laws like SESTA FOSTA and why that's bad. And I've even like just with launching our Kickstarter, I have told people, and they're like, "What's SESTA FOSTA?" And I'm like, "Oh, yeah. you don't even know what that is." I mean, yeah. just that in itself. Um, I have a good friend of mine that I was hanging out with over the weekend and I sent him our Kickstarter and he was like, I gave money to it and I have a question. And he's like, I, I, he was like, I used to have a friend of mine who was an escort and I never understood how she could separate her personal love life with her professional love life. And he was like having a hard time just even asking the question to stay respectful about it. Cause he's like, I get it that it's a job. And I was like, I have escort friends who fall in love with their clients. And I have had escort friends tell me that they can't stand their clients. Well, that's, I actually, when I put it out on my Instagram recently, I did, I pulled for some questions on my Instagram and I'll be doing a lot more of that on all the platforms, including the red umbrella platforms in the next few weeks but uh, i put that out there and i had someone respond and they said why do uh, escorts always fall in love with me and i thought oh you are you are something else are you you are really you're you're really buying what they're selling you know you're really you're working with some very wonderful professionals if that's your takeaway that they're falling in love with you but like, this is the shit that needs to be talked about. You might have been joking, but I thought it was just so funny. I'm like, really, dummy? Really? I mean, that's like even the strippers. Like, I have yeah. so many guy friends who go to strip clubs and they're like, oh, my God, she told me her real name. And I go, you really think that was her real name? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and so these are, yes, there's going to be so much room to have, you know, these, these wonderful, almost hilarious Q&A moments in each episode, which I'm, I'm really looking forward to. I love having fun and approaching some of these harder topics with uh, a looseness to it. But I know that we also are going to have some very hard hitting questions. We're going to have uh, some, some very sensitive subject matter to hit on. I mean, I've even like talked to escort friends of mine who've been published and I'm like, Hey, 
the fact that you've been published, you should be able to charge more money. So, (laughs) I mean, yeah, there is a, a, um, sliding scale to everything. So yeah, it's going to be very interesting and I'm very excited. And the speakers that you booked, I think are fantastic because number one, they're diverse, um, in so many different ways, but I think, which is also could be very interesting because you have a trans woman speaking on escorting, which I'm even just curious, like how does somebody like if, if you're hiring an escort, who's trans, how do you even go about that by still being respectful? You know, like, how do you ask for that? So, um, it, yeah, I'm very excited about this project on so many levels. I'm also so excited. We're filming it at museum of sex. Oh, of course. How, how did we not open with that as a leading line here, Ellen? (laughs) This is such a, a beautiful harmonious moment here that, uh, you know, we brought this little project idea to the, the famous museum of sex here in New York city. And we said to them, Hey, we're looking for a place to host this so that we can, we can shoot within the confines of an institution. That's also behind this message. And I, I love being in the Museum of Sex. I, every time I'm there, I learn something. I'm obsessed with the exhibits that they put on. They're so informative and they're so unique and tailor-made to the times that I, I just love them. And uh, so, yes, we will be filming within the world-famous Museum of Sex here in New York City, which yes. is such a thrill. I can't believe that. Pinch me. <laughs> I think that's exactly what you said when they said yes. (laughs) Yeah, that and like a lot of orgasmic shouts and like holding on to railings in the staircase. Like you were you were the business person in that meeting because I was just there going, oh, oh, oh my God. Like I was so elated that they said yes. I I couldn't I didn't come down to earth for the rest of the day or the week or I think I still may be floating around. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, it was it was great. I was so happy that they took our meeting but then the most the most pivotal 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 this is is when my brain doesn't work that's why when words come out and it makes sense I'm like hi where where did you come from but yes the most pivotal oh my god I can't say that word I just I just recently (laughs) stopped tripping over my lip injections because they've (gasps) gone down so I I know I, I know what it's like to not get the word out okay so so please Thank you. Part of our meeting is when the director of Museum of Sex turned to us and said, of course, we're here to support you and sex workers, because if we don't do it, who else is going to? And I was like, that to me is like Museum of Sex is like the church. They're like they are taking in their community and protecting them. That's so important. The fact that they see they don't see it just as like you know, an advertising, because we are going to say their name all over the entire thing. But they see it as like, yes, this is, this is a community we have to protect and take care of and support our community. So that's so important to me. Major, major. And, you know, for people that are maybe opening up our Kickstarter right now and saying, oh, okay, yeah, I'm thinking about it. Just so you know, there are not only an incredible amount of rewards tiers that give you really cool collectible goodies that say Red Umbrella Talk to really show your pride and your support in this project. But there's also so many built-in donations that we will be granting to foundations and causes that we care about. We have uh, the Sex Workers Project, we have St. James Infirmary, we have uh, the Black Sex Workers uh, Organization, we have um, 
Oh, there's another one. Hang on. There's another one. It's going to come to me. It's going to come to me because I know oh, the free speech coalition, of course. So we wanted to make sure that this was an opportunity, not just to shine light and insight on this industry, but to also generate funding and support for others that do so much for sex workers. Which, which I think is important for the same reason that the Museum of Sex is taking us in. We have to take in the community. That's it's right. not just about asking them questions, but also doing stuff to help them protect themselves and show that we care and that we're not just like riding on their coattails, but also giving back. Right. And, and I've said this a thousand times. This is about building an informed allyship. I, I really, I believe in that. I really do because uh, there's a lot of people that do say, hey, I'm okay with it. I'm cool with sex work, sure. It's nothing I'm against, but do you know what it's about? Do you yes. know uh, what goes on? Do you know how this industry has survived and flourished centuries and centuries? Oldest profession in the world, people, <laughs> yes. okay? Yes. So this is your chance. So everyone who is uh, checking this out right now, we want your questions. We want your help in funding this campaign as well. You can find out everything you need to know at redumbrellatalk.com. And Ellen, as everyone is going to be curious about you, to learn more about you, we didn't even get to your podcast, but please let the folks know a little <laughs> bit about that and where to get in touch with you. Uh, my podcast has nothing to do with my photography. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I do the Hey Poopy podcast with a co-host Dave, and it's what the booty does from poop to pleasure to health. We do talk about pleasurable things that the asshole does, but yeah, we're all about celebrating buttholes, and everybody's got one except for one guy we interviewed who was born without one, and he has a man-made one, and that was an extremely amazing, interesting interview. Um, but yeah, we're all about just from everything from tech to doctors to nutritionalists to sex workers to porn stars to just people who poop their pants and have funny stories to go with it. Um, my photography, though, you could see me at stagstreet.com or ellenstag.com and ellenstag on the Twitter, Instagram. I even just started a TikTok, which I don't even know what I'm going to do with. Oh, <laughs> my. I was going to say, do, are we going to see some dances from you? Are we going to see the kitties and the, the yeah, doggy I, drumming? <laughs> maybe that, maybe my yeah. pets, but yeah. no, no, no personal dancing. I don't think that, yeah, it would just be, if I'm tripping over my words, I could trip over both my left feet too, but yeah. <laughs> um, oh, Ellen, but yeah, Ellen. check out my work and there's links to uh, buying my book and anything else that you all want from me. But Amazing. the most important thing, please check out redumbrellatalk.com. Yes. And thank you so much for making time today to put on those groovy headphones and sit with me and shoot the shit. It's been <laughs> a blast. I hope all of you have enjoyed this edition of Licked and Loaded, a Cam 4 podcast. Uh, I'm Laura Desiree, and we'll see you next time. This has been a CAM4 radio production. Come say hi at www.cam4radio.com.